This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Maria Cash, a Buenos Aires clothing designer, disappeared in July 2011. She was 29 years old. She had taken a bus from Buenos Aires to San Salvador, Argentina. She was acting very strange and was last seen in Salta on July the 8th of 2011. There have been many, many leads over the years. Her family looked tirelessly, even to the point that her father was killed in a horrific car accident while chasing down one of those leads. The Ministry of Justice has offered a reward of 700,000 pesos to anyone who could provide data with no success at all. This case remains unsolved. Hey everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-anchor, yeah, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Excited to be here. I like cold read cases for me because I didn't have to do anything. Right? <laughs> Isn't that terrible? It's like, oh, no. I didn't have to research this. I know. I'm hearing this for the first time. That's awesome. Well, and you get to hear some very interesting cases that way, too. And uh, yeah. Some and real mind-benders. Yeah, and just let your intuition do the walking, which is really nice. So, yeah, I like these cases, too. Well, uh, this is an international case. And this is, of course, Maria Cash. And Maria was a model. She'd been doing some modeling. She'd been doing some uh, fashion design. She just hadn't really landed. She really wanted to make some money and, you know, kind of make it big and do something great. And she had been known to hitchhike around and not just uh, in Argentina, but all over the place uh, in other mm. countries and had kind of made friends everywhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of living the dream, but not living the dream, you know, mm. because she just hadn't really been able to sell any of her designs. And she really wanted something different than the town that she uh, lived in and was raised in, uh, you know, gave her. So. Sure. When she was 29, she got really into yoga and she was almost 30 and she was feeling kind of bummed about the fact that here she was still uh, doing the same thing. Mm. And she got way into yoga and self-help and was really working on herself. And she met a guy when she was doing yoga at a retreat and he was, uh, he's a little bit a part of the story. And so his name was Juan Pablo Dumont. Okay. And kind of out of the blue, she announced that she was going to head away from home. She was going to head north to uh, Huji, Argentina, 
and to visit friends and to sell her stuff. She was ready to go, you know, visit some friends that lived there and see if she could uh, find some places, some people that would be interested in her designs and start making it happen for herself. Okay. So that was the plan initially. So she leaves home and she was in Buenos Aires. And so again, she was headed to Huhui or Huhi, Huhi from Argentina, or sorry, it was about 929 miles away. So it was okay. a long drive. Uh, and she was on a bus beginning. Oof, that is a long ride. Mm-hmm. So she started on a bus and she wasn't happy on the bus. She was uncomfortable. At some point she had texted her family and said that she did not want to be on this bus because she was uncomfortable with the people that were on it. Mm. So she got off the bus in a place called Rosario de la Frontera, okay. which is a place that is really uh, full of crime and well-known to be a major drug trafficking hotspot. Okay. And, but she kept going. There's a lot of holes in her story because we don't know exactly how she sometimes got from point A to point B. Okay. But on July 6th, she made it to Santiago de Alestero. Uh, and she saw her friend, Juan Pablo Dumont. And so, sorry, some of this is uh, translated from Spanish to English, and sometimes it's a little uh, challenging. I, she did not see her friend then. She called him. Oh, and let okay. him know that she was coming to Huhi, where he lives. Mm-hmm. And this was a complete surprise to him. He had no idea she was coming. She just called him and said, I'm coming to stay with you. I'm coming to see you. Oh, okay. So he was a little surprised. She told him that she had no money and asked him to help her get a ticket to get there. So he and his sister did um, oblige her and they did uh, get her a bus ticket. And... So she got there and her phone was dead. So she went to a mechanic shop and she asked them if she could charge her phone, which they let her do, but she still didn't really have service where she was. And so the mechanic let her use his phone. So she gets on his phone and she calls him. She calls Juan and asks him, uh, Well, he doesn't answer. She leaves him a message. So she calls his sister and says that she's in town, but she needs a cab to get to their house. And their house is about nine miles from where she's at. Okay. So she never shows up. This was like like 830 in the morning. Mm. And then nobody really knows what happens to her all day. They never hear from her again. So... Nobody knows what happens to her all day, but then at 5.30, she calls her mother from a phone booth and tells her that she has no money, that she's feeling really sad, and that she's going to try to get back to Salta and that she can't talk anymore. And her mom's really worried because it just seems really, she seems really low. Things just don't seem to be working out the way she thought they would. Her parents did believe that she had plenty of money to take this trip. And yet, by about halfway there, she had no money left and was not acting like herself at all. Mm -hmm. So, 
then she goes to a little later in the day, we see her on a toll. I'm going to pull that one up. There's a couple of videos that I'm going to share. Okay. And so the first one. Okay. You can kind of just see her wandering around. Yeah. And she wanders around there for quite a while without any real uh, focus. Mm hmm Or, you know, reason to be there. She's just, she's just kind of wandering. And then she wanders clear over to the, the terminal here. And she's just. Uh, so is this what, the terminal of what? Is so it the bus terminal or? Is, is Salta Province's toll. I'm not really sure what that means, honestly. Okay. Well, it looks like buses because there's buses mm -hmm. coming in there. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that's weird to her family in this video, though, is that she doesn't have her stuff. She left with three bags. Oh. With a Pullman and with a backpack and with this pink purse. And she doesn't have all of her stuff, which is weird. Mm -hmm. But it's also weird that she's just kind of wandering around here doing nothing. But that's one of the like sightings. She's waiting for something. Yeah. So that's one of the sightings that they have of her. Okay. And so then she goes to the hospital later that evening. And at the St. Bernardo Hospital, that's the capital city of Salta. Mm -hmm. And she gives them her ID number, which is kind of like a social security number. Uh, but by the time a doctor came to see her, she was really acting like she was catatonic, almost lost, just kind of staring off, not making sense. She's refusing to speak to anyone but a doctor. Mm -hmm. And when a doctor comes in the room, she kind of just looks at them and walks away and leaves the place. They have no idea what's wrong with her. It's mm. just really weird. So then she just starts wandering around Salta and just acting really weird. At 4.30 in the morning, she stops a lady and asks her if she'll take her home for a bed to sleep in. Mm. And tells the lady she's trying to get to Salta. And the lady's like, we well, are already in Salta. Um, her shoes are partly undone. And she's just all... She's a hot mess. It's just really weird. And this is in July in Argentina. That is their winter. That's the coldest time of year. Mm -hmm. And not cold to the degree that we get cold, but it's still chilly, you know, and yeah. she's just kind of out wandering. It's, it's weird. So in the morning, she stops a lady and asks her if she can help her find a handicraft shop that has a gym on the first floor. Again, not really making sense. Mm -hmm. So. Later, she ends up back in the toll park and 13 kilometers south of the city of Salta by hitchhiking. She just keeps hitchhiking kind of from one place to the next. Mm -hmm. So, again, she's still wearing the same clothes. She has her 
beige boots. She has her pink bag. And this is where the toll workers uh, are really uncomfortable with what she's doing because she seems like she's going to get hurt. And I've got a little video of that as well. She has like no concern about getting hit by a car. Mm. So I'm going to show you a clip of that. And her family's just so, when all this information finally starts coming together, they're so blown away because this is really unlike her. This kind of behavior is nothing like who she is. Yeah. But suddenly, here we go. So this is another toll. So you see her walking down the road right here mm -hmm. with, her, with her boots and her bag. And she walks right out in the road. And this is where some of the workers are that are, you know, directing traffic. Mm -hmm. And she talks to them for a minute. Uh, she talks to a police officer and asks him how to get to another town. Um, the These guys over here are telling her, you can't stand here. This isn't safe. You need to go on. And she's just not listening. She just kind of starts wandering all over that place, getting like right in front of cars like this and mm -hmm. just wandering all over, like right in mm. front of that truck. It just keeps happening. She's scaring the workers here to death because she just keeps walking right out in front of moving traffic mm -hmm. and just acting like it's just nothing. And so again, like she's just way, way off. So here's another uh, angle. But you can see she's trying to hitchhike, but she's not really getting any takers. Mm -hmm. And again, it, it's late. It's cold. See how she walks in front of that bus? Jeez, yeah. Like, it's a miracle she doesn't get hit by a car here. She just keeps, like, trying to force traffic to stop. Mm -hmm. You know, so that somebody will pick her up, I guess. But, uh... I wanted to get into one last clip of this. Yeah. Right here where she literally like stops, walks in front of this car, trying yeah. to force them to stop for her. They don't, but eventually somebody does. And it is a husband and wife. And they stop. Uh, his name was Juan Cousin. Cousin. Wow. <laughs> Casarano. He was mm -hmm. a Saltano uh, producer and politician. Oh, and his okay. wife was watching this young girl wandering around in traffic and it was scaring sure. her. And so she made him let her in the car because they just had no idea what was going on with her. So they, she got in the car. She never spoke. She was, she told him where she was going. That was it. And that was it. The wife said she acted like maybe she was doped up or something. She said her eyes looked funny. She was definitely not okay. It was really weird. And she finally wanted out of the truck in Rosario de la Frontera, which is about 45 minutes away from where she was. Mm -hmm. And then from there, she hitchhikes again, and a trucker named Hector Romero picked her up. And they traveled 20 more kilometers south. And he told police that she was very quiet. She drank a ton of water while he was, she was in the truck and she made him stop and let her out in front of a statue of the Virgin Mary, a Virgin Mary altar. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And 
later that night, we have no idea how, but she made it back 73 kilometers to Salta, or well, sorry, to who he, mm -hmm. uh, to a doctor's office. And she walked into the doctor's office. She was happy and cheerful. Her boots were on correctly or she looked better. And then before she could be seen by a doctor, she vanished into thin air. And that is it. No one has ever seen her again. Now, there's some unconfirmed sightings in the north of uh, Argentina. So there is someone who said that uh, they thought they saw her on July 9th hitchhiking, but they didn't pick her up. In 2014, there was a girl that was found in Santiago del Estero uh, that they thought was her, and they pinned this girl down for a few days and finally decided it wasn't her. Mm -hmm. Her dad, uh, Federico Cash, he actually had received some texts that were really threatening, telling him to stop looking for her. And the family had worked really hard to, uh, you know, to find her. Mm -hmm. And she had, her dad particularly, he literally closed his business and just put all of his energy into looking for her. He was driving all over Argentina, putting up flyers, chasing any lead that came in. So he was receiving these uh, texts and the police weren't quite sure if they were just hoaxes, you know. This was just people messing with him if they were real. But he did get a text in 2014 that said, you'll know what happened to your little girl and you'll find out how much she screwed up. I didn't kill her. It was the tomfoolery. You're near the gypsy who killed her. It was just really weird. And then that same year, on April 28th, he received a tip. And he was driving near La Pampa and he got in a head-on collision and was killed. Mm -hmm. It was really sad. The car oh, itself was so loaded with flyers because he was just heading everywhere he could think of to put out more flyers. But he and his wife both were like real activists in Argentina. At the time, there was not a good system of reporting between uh towns and between police agencies mm -hmm. and trying to get somebody to pay attention to this case and to pay attention to them sure was hard and where she was from one place and she had traveled from you know place to place and yeah. it was a mess and so her dad had been a real warrior and her mom too to kind of force the state to do something better as far as missing persons are concerned sure and they did they actually in 2016 the federal system for the search of missing people was created because of his work. Wow. And so it happened two years after he died and five years after Maria disappeared. But that did happen because of her disappearance and her family's work mm -hmm. towards that. He, he really helped a lot of other people with missing people in Argentina as well. Wow. So a couple of strange things had happened, and, and we're not quite sure what the dates were, but there were two times in gas stations in the Patagonia area where there were, oh, this was in 2017, sorry, okay. uh, in the south. And when did she country. go missing? 2011. 2011. These were both in gas station bathrooms with black marker written on the wall that said, help me. 
I'm Maria Cash. They're driving me to Las Harris, Santa Cruz in a white car, a Renault Sandero with a license plate. Get help, please. And that was found in two different places. So what's interesting is the plate that she listed would have been for a car. The plates in Argentina are, you get a plate number or a designation based on the kind of car you have. Oh, okay. So the plate that she had listed couldn't have been on a Renault Sandero uh, because it that plate was produced long before the Sandero even started being produced. As it turned out, the plate was from a Fiat that was stolen in Buenos Aires. Mm. So law enforcement have looked for a Sandero with a fake plate, but haven't ever really found anything. And again, they don't know if that was her or if it was just a spoof. But uh, that's the whole story. I mean, her, you know, as we know, her father has died. Her mother has continued to look for answers and do interviews. And, you know, we just came upon in July the uh, 10th anniversary of her disappearance. And they just have never had any answers at all. Mm-hmm. So, so sad. We are going to take a quick break. And when we return, Christy, I'm going to ask you to cold read this case. See if you can fill in some of the gaps of what was going on. What happened from that 830 in the morning to 530 at night where she never showed up and then really went off her rocker. Let's take a look at it. So we'll take a break and come back for that. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back. So this is Katie Weaver and Christy Brower with True Crime Paranormal. So I've just laid out the bones of the Maria Cash case, a missing woman from Argentina from 2011. And Christy, I'm going to ask you to uh, lay it on us. What do you see happening here? Yeah. Okay. So my sense of Maria is that her mental health was pretty unstable long before this trip and her disappearance occurred. And it's part of why she never really settled into anything. And she kind of moved around a lot. I feel like she did not have solid mental health. And about the time that she said she was going on this trip, she began to experience psychosis. I feel like she was having psychotic episodes and that as a part of this trip, she had a full break. When she said she had to get off the bus because she didn't feel safe or didn't trust the people on the bus with her, she was feeling really paranoid. I feel like she was starting to hallucinate then. And I feel like she wandered around. She kind of would come to awareness periodically and realize what she was supposed to be doing. But she did a lot of wandering. That's what, and a lot of uh, that's where her money went. She did have money for this trip, mm-hmm. um, but she was not nearly as prepared for it as she let on, and she didn't really know what was going to happen at all. Mm-hmm. And she, by the time she got to Salta, is mm-hmm. that where? Yeah. Um, well, and, and he, uh, Hohe, 
where her friend lives? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, who he. Who he. She was so confused. And so when she spoke to them, she still didn't know what she was supposed to do or where she was supposed to go. And so she just continued to get lost. And then she'd sort of realized she was supposed to be somewhere and try to get somewhere. And that's where all of this wandering around and going to the toll and, and hitchhiking, there was a part of her that knew she needed mm -hmm. to get to safety. It's why she went to the hospital. It's mm -hmm. why she went to that doctor's office. But at the same time, her psychosis was telling her that she's not safe, that she can't trust these people. They can't help her. It was the same with the friend. That's why she never showed up there. They, she was experiencing, you know, a psychotic um, experience of reality. And so she didn't feel safe with anybody. She knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. She didn't know what. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like she just couldn't get enough of a grasp on anything to ask someone for help. I don't feel like she could verbalize what was wrong. She knew mm -hmm. something was wrong. And she would come to a little bit mm -hmm. and realize something isn't right here. But it didn't last very long. And she was very, very paranoid. Mm -hmm. And because of that, she really didn't dare ask for any help. She didn't have the faculties you would expect her to have when she had traveled in the past. She just mm -hmm. didn't. Her grasp of reality didn't exist that way anymore. And she just could not make a clear connection with somebody and say, there's something wrong with me. I need help. She, she didn't have that ability. Yeah. I, I feel like this was um, likely, I'm not diagnosing. This is just what I feel that this was the onset of schizophrenia, mm -hmm. that that's what she was experiencing. Yeah. 29. She's the right age for yeah. a woman. Yeah. But her, what I feel from her is just this extreme confusion and fear and paranoia. Mm -hmm. And she was in her own way, trying to get people's attention, mm -hmm. you know? Well, like when she, she called her mom mm -hmm. and a couple of details that I had left out are that she did on, the ninth, she actually emailed her brother and asked him for the phone numbers of some relatives. Oh, wow. But then he never received another email from her. Mm -hmm. And on the eighth, a road worker discovered that uh, backpack along the side of the road. So all of her ID and everything was in that. Yeah. So she really literally just had lost everything that couldn't keep it together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, and at that point, her phone was never turned back on after the seventh. It was she just, yeah, everything just scattered to the wind. Yeah, it did. So, where do you think she went? I do feel like she ended up in some kind of a place where unhoused people were, and that she ended up in a pretty um, scary element as far as. Um, other people around her and that there were people who immediately recognized her vulnerability. I don't feel like she lived. What was the date? The last time she was seen on the last video? time she was seen was the eighth. the eighth. The last time she was heard from was the ninth. Okay. So it was less than 24 hours after that. So uh, by the 10th, she was dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, just taken advantage of, assaulted, and murdered. 
by someone who recognized her as being very vulnerable in a, in a really, just a really scary, ugly situation. Like it wasn't anything to do with who she was. They didn't even know who she was. It was a very ill individual that came across another very ill individual. And I don't feel like she's like the, the text messages and the, the writing on the walls in the bathrooms. That's just people being assholes. Mm-hmm. wanting to screw with her family, which is really sad. I don't understand mm-hmm. why anybody would want to do that, but she's been gone this whole time. Yeah. What do you think happened to her remains? I feel like she, her body was hidden somewhere for quite a long time, like in an abandoned building. And it just... Um... I don't like saying this, but it kind of just got scattered eventually mm-hmm. by animals and stuff. But it was her body was hidden in in an abandoned building. Mm-hmm. But at okay. this point, there's just bones and they're pretty spread out. Mm-hmm. There was a skull that was found that they thought could be her years ago, but they never were actually able to tie it back to her. There have been a few different times when they have found remains that they thought maybe were hers, but they didn't quite match up. I don't think any of them have been her. That girl that they found that they thought was maybe her, not her. Yeah. I don't feel like they've actually found anything of her, which is terrible. It's Mm -hmm. a terrible, I can't imagine for her family. Right. Well, and then to lose her dad in such a horrible way. And, and, you know, he's out looking for her. Yeah. I mean, he dedicated the rest of his life to looking for her. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a terrible reality of mental illness in the way that it can mm-hmm. um, hit somebody so quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and had been hitting for a while. But she, my sense of her is that she was just kind of, people just thought of her as being kind of flaky. You know, uh-huh. she was just kind of flaky, kind of a free spirit. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really recognized as... She actually had some problems with her mental health long before this happened. Mm -hmm. But then when it hit, it hit really hard, you know, and she had never been treated for any mental health issues, but she was obviously trying to treat herself. She was. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, still when she said she was taking off to sell all her stuff, she had made no arrangements for that. She was not prepared for that in any way. I mean, her friend didn't even know she was coming. I don't feel like any other arrangements had been made either. No. This was a delusion. She just bought a ticket and went. Yeah. Yeah. But because it sort of fit in with the things she'd done in the past and the things she wanted to do, it Uh didn't, you know, her family was like, well, she's done this kind of stuff before. I can totally see why they wouldn't have caught it. Sure. Well, she was 29. You know, it's not like she was 16. No. She was a grown adult woman and made a decision for her business. And yeah. Yeah. You know. And because she was alone, there yeah. was no one, you know, traveling alone. There was no one there to be like, something's wrong. You know, we're yeah. we're going to the hospital. You know, we just yeah. oh, it's really unfortunate. It is. Okay. Well, thank you for that. That is a story that uh, 
haunts Argentinians to this day. And sure. but you know, from that crisis, of course, uh, a better agency was born in helping to uh, investigate missing persons cases, and has helped a lot of other families with their uh, crises. And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad, at least in her name and her father's name, that there is that legacy to her. Her uh, disappearance and passing, but much love to her family anyway, I can't imagine. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, it, it is, we see many times these kinds of cases that go unsolved for so long that it, it does bring about significant change in a way that will help mm-hmm. somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. because if, well, I don't know, unfortunately, I don't really feel like it would have helped her specifically. Yeah, she was going to need some serious medical intervention and... Yeah, and I just don't feel like anybody was going to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Everyone that came across her agreed she was acting really weird and looked weird, all disheveled, and she was undone and, and things like that. But nobody, and there's definitely you know, some training that can go on as far as public officials are concerned about sure. identifying that when someone is behaving like that, something is wrong. And maybe they do yeah. need to be taken to a hospital, and maybe they do need to be kept mm-hmm. there while they're assessed, you know? Yeah. But that's a hard thing because you don't know. I mean, you know, people have a tendency to go to, oh, well, they're on drugs. Well, mm-hmm. if they are, it doesn't mean they don't need help. Mm-hmm. I don't feel For that sure. she was. I don't feel that she was on any substances no. at all. Just had lost her connection with reality. Yeah, for sure. All righty. Well, there you have it. That's Maria Cash. So this is our Tuesday case. So we will be back tomorrow, Wednesday, for our group case for the week. And then tomorrow night, we'll be back for case updates. So, yeah. And then, of course, Thursday night, we'll be here for the Psychic Hour and a couple of pop-ups this weekend. So stay yeah. with us. There's a lot more to come. As always, like, subscribe, share, comment. Love to hear from you. Yeah. You guys, thanks so much for being here. This has been yet another installment of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, guys.